Welcome to the Brody Sattva Podcast. I'm Enoch Daniel. Like a lot of men of a certain age, my good friend Sosh and I have felt a sense of dissatisfaction. We're settled and successful, but we also have our struggles and personal demons. For the past couple of years, we've been on a journey to become better men. By that, I mean better husbands, better fathers, better human beings, just better at this thing called life. And now we've decided to share that journey with you and invite you along for the ride. We'll be speaking with each other, as well as others with wisdom to share, and hopefully some of you. We're here to ask the important questions, such as, how can we be better men and still tell dick jokes? And what can a couple of bros learn about the path to enlightenment anyway? Let's find out and become better together. Get jacked on mindfulness, philosophy, mental health, and connection, starting right now. This episode of the Brody Sattva Podcast is brought to you by Kroger brand seltzer water. No, not really. But if you guys are listening, we will take your money, gladly. Um, on that note, I want to remind everybody, we do have a Patreon page. So if you like what we're doing, please subscribe. Uh, support helps. Helps us keep this thing going. But today, uh, it's just Sosh and me trying to hash it out again. Sosh is recording from a business center of some crappy hotel in sunny Florida, so the sound quality may be a little off. Our apologies. But mostly today we're talking about alcohol. Sosh has been in recovery for going on two years, even though he hates that word. We'll get into that as well. And I'm currently doing Annie Grace's The Alcohol Experiment. We talk about why I'm taking a break from alcohol and what that means whether our struggles and our relationship with alcohol define us, and as always, how can we be better men? We're still struggling, bros. We're not giving up. Enjoy the conversation. Just uh, so everyone at home knows, this is a very special episode of the Brody Sapa podcast. Sosh is is broadcasting live from the, from the Florabama line. <laughs> This is Sosh coming to you live from Hurricane Alley down here in uh, Pensacola, Florida, where he's dealing with his own self-hatred projected upon other people. So if you notice a, uh, a, a weakness in the sound quality, he is, he is actually in a business center of his uh, <laughs> this hotel he's staying in. And uh, we'll see what his language does as, as families with, with kids are trooping back and forth from the beach outside. <laughs> I, I have purposely left my glasses off so I don't recognize it so it doesn't, you know. I can all, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So, um, what do we want to talk about today, baby? I mean, I've got a couple of things, but I kind of always seem to like just, you know, straight up jump out and throw a uh, shoulder into it and um, you know my take has kind of been that you've uh, you've been a little down lately you've, you've definitely been absent or I don't know if absence the right word um, I hadn't heard from you in a while and that's usually not like you either busting my balls or giving me a, hey I love you baby uh, so what's going on man what's up with you yeah, absence a good word. I've been a little absent uh, from my life. Um, kind of checked out a little bit. Um, I 
I it, it, this was not like my usual, you know, just a, a, a fit of depression, um, because uh, honestly, I ha- have been waking up every morning feeling really good, like in a good place, and I get up. I always get up early, um, and I will be productive and and do some stuff, and I feel really good, and then I go to work, and by the time I get done with my job. I'm fucking drained emotionally and morally, and I bring, yeah, you know, I feel like I bring all the shit home to my family. So, and I, uh, you know, just sort of started uh, self medicating a little bit and like, you know what, I'm just gonna have a couple of beers every night and just, that's what I need to wind this through. And that kind of worked for a while until it really didn't. And then uh, one day I decided I was just like, I, you know, I thought, you know, I'm just going to, whiskey sounds good. I'm going to pick up a bottle of whiskey. And I got out, done from work. Or, what what, go what ahead. brand did you go with, baby? Huh? No, Knob Creek, the old knob. I'm a knob Ooh, man. Ooh, that is so good. That's the hunter it's good proof, whiskey. ain't it? Yeah. It's good whiskey. So, and, and I, you know, started drinking whiskey at like, I don't know, two or three in the afternoon. And before the sun went down, I was just blacked out and passed out. Like, and I made no conscious decision to drink that much. It just happened, um, which wasn't a good feeling. It was a little scary. Um, so the next day, I uh, had a nice long talk with my wife, who wasn't all that happy about me getting completely plastered on a random Friday. Um, How did that go down, actually? How did, I mean, like, was it a healthy discussion between the two of you, or did it start off like as a, you know... Uh, you know, emotional punishment, then y'all came to a good place kind of thing. It started off where she was angry and trying to talk with me, and I was hungover and feeling bad and trying not to have the conversation. And then I, I backpedaled and said, look, you deserve to be able to get this off your chest. Tell me what you want to say. And so she got off what she wanted to say, and I said what I needed to say and said, yeah, I mean, right now, at least, you know, the trinket's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started the alcohol experiment with Annie Grace, downloaded the app, started going through the days. And I am now on, hold on, I'll tell you what day I'm on now. Ooh, this is, this is fun for me. Yeah, right? Sure. Actually, I, I'm, I just kind of liked how um, you guys are in it. In, no, you're not perfect at all, but you are in such a, a great place as far as the communication between the two of you. That's a really we good are thing in a much see. better place than we got yeah. so much better than we used to be. You know, well, I'm just saying um, you're you are in a good place. I'm you know, a pleaser and she's an avoider, and uh, yeah. those aren't a great combination to actually solve anything. No. Um, so yeah, I'm at uh, I'm at day 16 of the alcohol experiment. And Annie Grace, I mean, has built a really wonderful program. Like every day, there's a video of either her or her co-host talking through a specific issue related to drinking, and they've interspersed these acts, which is short for uh, awareness, um, something else, and then turnaround. Um, which which the idea is to look at a belief that you have about alcohol. And then really dive into that belief and then see if you can turn it around, see if it actually makes sense. Um, And, you know, it's been it's been good. I have not actually been alcohol free that entire time. I last week, I just was still every day coming home, feeling this just sadness. I have been 
working on living in my body a lot more and not not disconnecting like I tend to do mm-hmm. not disengaging like I tend to do and really just living in my body and feeling my lived experience it's, it's part of my somatic work I've been doing with my therapist which I'm really excited about but uh, my body isn't a comfortable place to be <laughs> sometimes right so like in like over the week the sadness just kind of kept building up and building up and building up until like last Thursday I got done with my men's meeting and I was like I'm going to fix a really strong drink and I'm going to go hide in the backyard and drink my drink and smoke half a pack of cigarettes and that's what's going to happen right now and mm. Sarah was like oh you shouldn't do that and I said yeah but that's what I'm going to do <laughs> and I, and I did. And, it, you know, it didn't even feel good. Like, it, it didn't taste good. It didn't feel good. It, in the end, all it did was shut off my brain a little bit and help me fall asleep, which is all I really wanted. And that's what I did. And I went okay. to sleep. And the next day, I felt a little better, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I, yeah. I'm... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I... I, I am still... I'm working on the beliefs I have around alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things on today's lesson was about uh, was about the power of belief, you know. And if you believe that you need alcohol to be happy or you believe that you need alcohol to have fun, then that is true for you. And you have to be able to turn that around in order to, to move beyond it. And I, I think particularly with my mental health, there, there is a part of me that has come to believe that alcohol is a necessary component to get me through the rough patches. And it's not, and while it has been a tool, it's not a very good tool. No. Um, and it's probably done more harm than good. I, I would argue that for, for sure. And I, I know, you know, because Glenn's always saying crap like that about the belief and the, you know, hell, we can, we we're convincing ourselves that this is a good idea and we, we convinced ourselves that, hey, there's nothing wrong for so long and stuff like that. But then I don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm just like, yeah, I, I guess certain beliefs, though, are a lot easier to convince yourself and to become habits than others. Because hmm. I've attempted what he said and I've done things for 30 days, you know, to, start a new habit, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. um, it's just as hard or impossible or it doesn't work as it was when I first did that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why I'm kind of, there's a big part of me that looks at that, you know, ayahuasca or the, uh, the shroom, you know, brain reset. It's like, have I already dug this neural pathway in so deep that no matter what I do, I mm-hmm. can't, break these old pathways and so this stuff even though i'm doing it because i'm on day day whatever you know 500 and whatever and Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm not tempted by alcohol because i don't know i don't know if it's family i don't know it's the place i'm in is good or fear or what but i'm not tempted by that um Mm -hmm. i'm also i'm not in a good place you know, I'm mm-hmm. on this, Jesus, this vacation, dude. I mean, there's a couple of times 
now. I don't sit in the anger and stew. Okay, so yeah, I guess I need to say I'm better. I'm, I'm heads and shoulders better than I used to be. Yeah, sure. But I still just tap into that freaking rage that just tries to ground everybody around me just to nothing. So they'll quit irritating me. So they'll quit just doing whatever it is that I'm perceiving as you're doing that to me. Hmm. You know? So I don't know. I, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a good recipe for a fun vacation. No. I don't want to go on vacation with my family because of me. They're having a good time. Well, they're kind of having a good time. Uh, it's stressful. I, I don't know, man. There's, there's definitely times where I'm like, this family is screwed. And then there's oh, other times that I'm like, this family is the greatest family ever. And what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Yeah. See, I, I feel my family is fucking awesome, like, except for me. Like, I, I feel like I'm like this, like, poisonous boil, you know, that my family has to fucking deal with. <laughs> wow. And they love the poisonous boil for some reason. They don't yeah. want to get rid of it, but they still got to deal with the shit all the time. Yeah. <sighs> I tell you, yeah, the, it's funny you talk about temptation. Like, the, the, that's, I think that's part of my struggle with alcohol. Is it like, mm-hmm. I'm usually not tempted like today i'm not like god i'd just love to get hammered this afternoon yeah i'm not even thinking about it Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about it so i'm thinking about it but it's not like it's on my mind right like yesterday we went out on the boat with a a friend of mine and he was drinking beer and he offered me a beer and i was like ah nah and i it wasn't like i went in with a firm decision like i'm not going to drink today even if he offers me a drink i'm not going to take a drink it was like Mm -hmm. nah nah i'm good I'm good. And then a little later, he was he had a couple more beers, and I was like, ah, oh, maybe a beer sounds good. And I thought, like, what is that going to add to this experience? Like, I'm in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying myself. I'm loving my family. I feel calm and good. And, like, what is adding that into this going to add to the experience? And I couldn't think of a good reason. And right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm right. good. That so, is... Like, that is... That, that... I don't have a physical, like, I have to have this chemical all the time addiction like so it, it so it fools me into thinking that i'm in control of this situation because there are other times where like <whistles> off to the fucking races you mm-hmm. know and then I'm, I'm blacked out and like what the fuck happened last night yeah and and i you know i mostly have my shit together you know i have my struggles but like it's not like i ain't I'm, i ain't at rock bottom man you know i'm not missing work i'm doing okay my family's good, you know. Like, like, yeah. so, like, do you, do you have to do you have to hit bottom before you say, yeah, I don't think I want to drink anymore, right? And <laughs> and then like, do you have to like, I don't know, because they'll give you those things. Hey, you probably have a, uh, a problem with drinking if you check all, you know, three of yeah. this list yeah. or whatever. And I check like, a lot of the boxes. <laughs> everybody I know does. I don't Absolutely. know anyone who drinks who doesn't check at least three of those so i'm always like i don't know any regular "Mm." drinker who's not checking those boxes so yeah Mm, so yeah maybe we're all (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean annie grace annie grace talks about this a lot she's like if you go to any social function where there's a lot of alcohol going on half the people in the room are wondering if they drink too much but nobody fucking talks about it right it's just so true I mean, I mean, you know, eighty percent, eighty-six percent, or something like that of of adults drink alcohol. Like that's a that's a huge fucking number. I mean, it's it's like a major presence in our society. Like it's just it's it's 
just so fucking normalized to the point where if you don't drink, it's sort of abnormal. Mm -hmm. Like it, it makes an like it makes an awkward conversation. We're like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. You know, it can't just be like, no, thanks. I don't like mayonnaise. You know, as Jim, as, as Jim Gaffigan says, you know, everybody freaks out when he tells them he doesn't drink, but nobody ever says what, why don't you want mayonnaise? Are you addicted to mayonnaise? <laughs> yeah. I make fun of Swinford all the time for not liking mayonnaise. I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? Oh, really? You just need to try it, dude. Mayonnaise is good. Everybody does it. Jesus. It's the opposite in my house. See, like Jews apparently hate mayonnaise. There's some weird tribal racial thing where mayonnaise is is like considered this gentile, unholy thing, uncouth. I don't know. I'm like, shit, yeah, I'll talk about mayonnaise on my fucking pastrami. I don't care. It's delish. It's so good. And you know what pairs well with mayonnaise? Mustard. You know, yeah. they get along. They get along fine. It's that's just Russian. That's just Russian sauce, baby. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, so getting back to that though, it's. I don't think no part of me thinks you have like a physical addiction to it, but it definitely you definitely have some sort of an addiction to using it to disconnect when. Mm-hmm you want to get somewhere else like you want to go to sleep mm-hmm. or you just want this to stop and you know that uh, is- and mostly and this is and this is in the past year or two that that has like and it wasn't even like it snuck up on me it was a fucking deliberate choice like i want to shut my brain the fuck up this evening right and yeah i mean it's a crutch it's not healthy it's not good and, and supposedly I, I oh, yeah. yeah but uh, but you know getting back to that is Supposedly, if we just have this belief that meditation does the same thing, then we're good. We're golden, right? 30 days of that, we're okay? Everything's secure? I feel fixed. I feel fixed. Thanks for saying that. (laughs) Like I said, it's day 500 and something or another, and man, I'm just sitting here going, all right, well, I got rid of that. Like, I don't don't want to get high. I don't want to drink. In fact, I kind of look at it like, yeah, I'm, I'm... as far as the life of the party goes, I don't need that. You need yeah. about three of those to catch up with this guy. When as yeah. soon as you know, as soon as I just get warmed up, and uh-huh. uh, so it's not that um, uh, inhibitions. Nope, got no problems streaking. Stone cold sober. I just really don't. If it wasn't for my family and the bullshit I would have to catch afterwards, I'd probably do it on the reg. You know, um, streaking. You mean? Yeah, just being an absolute naked asshole, you know, all the time. <laughs> but the the fun one, not the, you know. <laughs> not creepy to... fun. No, it's no, not, creepy. not creepy. Just Guys, fun. I'm not putting my pants on. It's not creepy. It's fun. This is fun. <laughs> if you don't think this is fun, you have you don't have to cover. You don't have to cover your daughter's eyes. Human body's beautiful. Yeah, God, <laughs> God made me this way. You got a problem? Take it up with that guy. Jesus. However, um, I, I don't feel any closer to mental clarity. I don't feel any closer to being mm. sober. You know, this, really? this word that's like, I will mean, have the tools. Do you mean sober or do you mean yeah. awake? I kind of think they mean a similar thing. To, yeah. For me, sober is that um, you're, you're practicing the mindfulness. You're, you're doing the work that then makes you... Um, 
comfortable in your own body. Not all the time. And, and that's the other thing, too. I am not trying to say, hey, the, you know, it needs to be nirvana all the time. You know, I reach enlightenment yeah. and then come back down, just share it with the, the little people. No, I just mean, like, on the reg, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel good. You know, I don't feel like it's, it's working. I just feel yeah. like I got rid of something that was making it much, much worse, and now I'm very aware of it. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It was making it much, much yeah. worse, but it also made me very, very unaware of how bad it was. And now that's, I got rid of that, and I'm just sitting here staring it in the face, and it's not going anywhere no matter what else I do. Yeah, now i got to deal with this shit. The shit's yeah. still here. That's... And that's a, I mean, I talk about how alcohol is an ineffective tool to sort of manage my mental health, but like there are ways in which it's really fucking helpful. Like if I just want to numb the fuck out and not deal with shit, mm -hmm. it works, you know, like all last week or uh, when, or the week before when I was just, you know, a couple weeks ago when I was just drink, uh, drinking a couple of beers every night, I wasn't getting hammered. I wasn't doing anything. It was just mellowing all that shit out. Didn't have to think about it. Didn't have to feel it. Oh, here we go. Oh, God, it's the money shot. He loves that. Mm. What are you drinking? Uh, this would be the Kroger uh, Mandarin Orange Seltzer. Nice. Yeah, they're not paying me to drink this, but if they wanted to, well, you can find our page and give us money. Tell, well, why don't you give us a quick, uh, quick marketing pitch for it? Let's, let's hear it. Um, I'd, I'd be better if you wrote it down for me and let me read it. I'm, you're the director. You're the writer. I'm the Kroger brand seltzer water. It's Kroger brand seltzer water. It's the thinking, the thinking man's, man's seltzer water. <laughs> when I want to be more mindful, I like to get the Kroger seltzer in my body because it makes when me I, go woo. When I'm wondering if I'm an alcoholic, I drink Kroger brand seltzer water. <laughs> Kroger brand seltzer water. For those of you who don't have an actual you know, organic, you know, thing. No, that sucked. That one was terrible. Yeah. Man, this shit sells itself, though. We're so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, so we got you. We, we, we found out where you're at. You're on this experiment. Uh, we both yep, agree. I'm doing this. I'm taking a, at least a break from alcohol. You know, I'm, again, thinking, you know, I've been saying for a couple of years now I need to adjust my relationship with alcohol, and maybe that adjustment really means I just, we need to break up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that is exactly <laughs> what uh, Annie Grace says at some point in there. She goes, and you maybe, you know, when you uh, look at the relationship, you decide you just need to break up, but maybe yeah. not, you know. I mean, you know, in the end, you know, it's your choice, but, you know, you may find that it wasn't doing you any favors. <laughs> it really doesn't. It does, you know, but I don't know if, if the, if it, maybe it, Maybe it did because it's like there's a certain amount of crap that will not go away and we just don't have enough support or enough um, wherewithal to do the meditating, the, the, yeah, we, I, the work. We don't have the tools or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, but it, and it's like the juice ain't worth the squeeze, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's the, the, the downside is not worth that. Numb. And honestly, I don't want to be numb. I don't want to be asleep in my own fucking life. No. You know? Yeah. I want to get to a point where I can be comfortable in my own skin. And I, yeah, I'm right now I'm reading uh, The Body Keeps the Score uh, by Bessel van der Kolk, which is an amazing book. It gets a little in the weeds technical. 
Um, it's written for patients, but also written for therapists. But he, he talks a lot about trauma and, and people who experience trauma, particularly like sort of the complex trauma, not necessarily war veterans or, or you know, rape victims, but like, like people who experienced traumas in their childhood that have sort of set them on a path in life that made things difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I'm reading this book and like, at some point I start thinking like, what the fuck happened to me? <laughs> Did something happen to me that I don't remember? Because, I mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, I got knocked around when I was a kid. You know, I, I had, like, I lived, I grew up in kind of a scary house. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of rage. There was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of corporal punishment. There were bruises and here and there. But, you know, I don't think I was ever raped. I don't think I was ever, you know, nobody was putting out cigarettes on my, on my face. No. Well, you know, like, to the point where I'm like, you know, why am I so fucked up? Like, why am I so uncomfortable? Like, what is what happened to me? What's wrong? Well, I mean, um, one would have to look at that, though, because um, it's funny that you say you bring this up, Enoch. Um, uh, so I've started doing like a, a group session with uh, Glenn and, and a couple other. Uh, I guess we're all addicts one way or the other. We're all addicts of something. Yeah. And um, recovering. We're all, yeah, reco you're in recovery. We're all, we're all in recovery. Um, you say that word like you really don't like it. I don't like it. Fuck recovery. Why don't you like it? What's wrong? I don't with you? know. I just because it's like I'm, I'm. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I need to. I need to give some grace and and actually like sit down and think about that. But I need to write that down because I've got these other hundred things. But like recovering, it's funny. I, like when I want to name my boat the recovering aquaholic, you know. It's nice. just I just want to be like, look, I'm not. It's, I guess I, I, I look at it the same way probably somebody who's like in a wheelchair is like, I don't have a disability. You need to build a fucking ramp here, but that doesn't mean I have a disability. I'm just in yeah. a wheelchair. I'm, it's more like when I say I don't want to drink, um, and then it's like for the past couple of years, it's gotten a lot less, but for the past couple of years I've had to be like, hey, not that I don't want you to drink. In fact, if you want to drink, I'll make the drink. I make really good drinks, and uh, I like seeing you have a good time. Now, if you have a problem... Or think you do? By freaking Jesus, come talk to me. You know, I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd love to talk with you about it, but no one has taken me up on that. That's a weird thing. Anyway, but it's yeah. just like this recovery thing is like I don't want. Don't treat me any different because I am the same guy you always knew, and I'm just I don't use. And that's yeah. it. I don't care if you do or you don't, because that's not my journey. Now, if you need help, I suddenly I do care. I'm I'm in it with yeah. you as much as you need me. And um, but it it's sounds just, like more than anything, you, you just don't want it to define you, right? And, that, and I that's, think and I think that's what turns me off from the the twelve steps from Alcoholics mm -hmm. Anonymous. It seems like you've got this group of people, and yes, they have found a supporting group, and it's helped and it's helped them get through the hump. But but it also like. Those people, mo a lot of them, I feel like it just defines their whole fucking life. Yeah, and a lot of them, they need that. They have to have that. I yeah. loved that for, like, the first 90 days. I, I appreciated it for the next six months. And then, yeah. like Glenn, the kind of reason we kind of started this little group, it's like, it's just kind of feel like it's stunting my growth because I feel like it's trying mm. to define me and I'm like that's not really that's not me I mean I'm yeah. not saying I'm not an alcoholic but then I'm kind of saying that I'm like I don't really think I am 
I think I'd probably be okay having a drink or two here or there. I've just yeah. gotten to a point where I'm like, I don't really want it. I, I don't want to yeah. open that door and, and go down that way. I want to try and do this first, you know. Yeah. Um, Annie Grace, I, I think, know. has a great. T- Annie Grace has a great take. She has a, a little uh, piece where she's like, "Are you know, are you an alcoholic?" And she's, "I can tell you definitively, no, you are not, because there's no such fucking thing. <laughs> like, it's alcohol. Like we don't call." people heroinaholics we don't call people cocaineaholics it's a stupid distinction we make that there are certain people who are alcoholics and there are certain people who are not when in effect we're, what we're talking about is an addictive chemical that attaches itself to the dopamine chain in your brain which is the same chain that every other addictive chemical taps into yep it's not there's nothing special about you like it's just yeah you may be addicted to this chemical that doesn't make you a special kind of person it just means that you know hey your dopamine circuit got hijacked yeah i know <laughs> yeah but anyways sorry was, to interrupt your flow no no it, but i'm it's but you, you know when you're in those groups and you're like at the same time i see what it's done for you and i see yeah. you you've got to have this and the, the the meetings themselves are like a breath of fresh air. This is kind of like a meeting for me. Um, when we do yeah. when I do the groups with with Glenn and stuff, those are like meetings because they are. But in that, um, you so getting back to the original point that we were that got us down this road was that um, checking in. Um, <laughs> is that like a bellhop or something? Yeah, that's a little luggage thing. It's cool. It's cool. Um, is that uh, for the first time, uh, we, so we, we try and get a, a, the month to do with um, the step. So, like, we're in, on step seven, which is uh, prayed for God to humbly take away all of our defects of character, which essentially Hold is... Hold on. You cut out a little bit. Repeat that, would you say? I said... It's it, step seven. So it's the seventh month, so we're doing the seventh step, which is essentially a humbly ask God, as we understood him, to remove the defects of character that stood in our way. Jesus. I know. Uh, and, and so what that's basically saying is you, in order to practice this uh, life of gratitude, um, you need to really embrace humility and go around as like Jesus said with um, or you know Buddha or any of those guys said uh, the only way you can know you know enlightenment get the king keys to the kingdom of God is to know nothing to have the chi- the mind of a child and um, this last one it whatever the reading was really opened up the the character defect that I really needed to work on which before I was saying was lying because I'm yeah. Really bad about lying as of my initial defense mechanism. But I kind of peeled back the onion a little bit on that. And the reason I got more to it, which was the disappointment that I and the shame that came from like being hurt when I was a kid, uh, when mm-hmm. I got lied to, when I got let down. And I just brought up something like insignificant, which, you know, I'm going to say this story. And if my dad or my mom ever listens to this, you know, kind of like how Glenn said, I'm sorry. Um, this is not in any way trying to hurt you at all or to say, I am so grateful for, you know, my upbringing. 
because this is not their problem. This is my problem. And this isn't my I, kid's problem. You know, I listened like to a I'm, great interview. I listened to a great interview with Anne Lamott, who was great writing, great writing teacher. Talked about when she works with her young writing students and they talk about how afraid they are to tell, you know, mine their past for stories. And she's like, look, this is your life. You get to tell it. And if people are afraid about what you're going to tell, they should have behaved themselves better. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the biggest disappointments of uh, my early life was that we would we would take trips to see my family either in, in Cookville or in Conway. And dad would say, mom and dad was mostly dad. This is kind of how dad would like build us, build up these big expectations and then just not kind of not come through. And on this one in particular, it was, we're going to get up at four o'clock and we're going to hit the road. So we'll be there before lunch and time to start playing like the day of, instead of like how we usually do get Mm -hmm. there. Basically the whole day's wasted. Mm -hmm. Well, I go in there to wake him up because it's four o'clock and believe it or not, so she could get up at that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Once put a time he could. Right. <laughs> and um, I go there and he just kind of, yeah, but he just go back to sleep. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, we'll, get, we'll get up here in a little bit. We left our usual time at like noon and mm-hmm. I really didn't, you know, I kind of stowed that away. Now, is that going to cigarette per- put out on you? Nope. Is that getting beat? No, no. But for whatever mm. reason, that that disappointment, that hurt, mm. it it really stuck with me and shaped, you know, the the shame and stuff. And so, um, to me, that was kind of like uh, one of the first times I had gotten kind of lied to, you know, by somebody I held in such high regard. And mm-hmm. it's so little; it's so nothing, and yet it is so huge. So when you were saying earlier about it's really it's really hard to look at those memories like that and put yourself back in the perspective of of someone of, of the age that you were when it happened. Like and that's why one of the things I think it's so powerful when you have children and you see, you know, I remember things happening to me when I was seven or when I was nine, but I don't remember how just fucking little and frail I was. Right. You and know? how afraid until, and how like until sad. I see my kids and then I realize, oh wow, they're little kids. Like I was a little fucking kid. Yeah. And and that that hurt was huge. And you know, when my kids kinda like bring that hurt up to me of something that I've done, mm-hmm. right or wrong, um, because usually they're wrong. I mean, this these yeah, kids sure. are you know, these kids are assholes. They don't realize I mean, how good kids. they got it. Yeah. I mean Idiots. I'm out here working all the time. I'm working on my mental health. I'm doing all this shit. I got a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody. I used to be a professional wrestler. You know, you're sort of a big deal. I'm kind of a big fucking deal. Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked again. Humility. Uh, um, but I respond with anger, and uh, mm. I do that, mm. and and I'm I'm just now starting to kind of like trying to tap into, you know, why? Oh, because that shame. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm letting them down, or I feel like I'm letting them down. And I'm throwing mm-hmm. that same thing of how I felt, how that felt to me. I'm now I'm seeing that I'm doing that to them, and I don't know how to deal with that in that moment. Now, mm-hmm. I think I'm probably better at it as far as, like, actually coming through on that stuff uh, and talking about it. 
I think a lot of that maybe would have gotten dealt dealt with if there had been, you know, better communication between Dad and I on some of this stuff. And um, even if it was just dumb shit, which that's kind of a dumb thing. At the same time, it's kind of a dumb thing to say, hey, let's get up at 5 o'clock in the morning when you're not going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. But you know you're not going to fucking get up. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did it a couple of times, and he never got up, and then I stopped doing it, and it just never happened, you know? Yeah. And it's just one of those things. But like you were saying, though, you lived in fear, you know? And it wasn't, whether it's justified or not, it, it was real to you. And it's mm-hmm. traumatic. And I think maybe both of us, you know, not everybody's a surgeon. Not everybody sees all the angles. You know, not, 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 it doesn't, like with my youngest, that dude, things affect him more than they affect Jack. And... Yeah. I mean, like clothing, tags, and stuff like that. That's why I always think eh, mm-hmm. he may be on the spectrum. Probably not. Doctors have no. said no. But he's probably on the hi- he's probably on the highly sensitive spectrum. I mean, like yeah. the highly sensitive HSPs, highly sensitive persons. Like I I know. Like I look at the the descriptions of those, and I never heard of this until like the last six to twelve months. Right. And I, when I heard people online talking about it, I was like, "Holy shit, that's me." <laughs> Like shit. Like if I put it when I was a kid, I remember I, putting on a jacket over over a long sleeve shirt, and if my sleeves rolled up underneath the jacket, I would fucking freak out until I could get those get sleeves off. straightened out because yeah. it was just too fucking uncomfortable. I remember my dad getting annoyed with me about right. that when I was a kid, and I'm like, yeah. And if my kid did that, I'd probably be annoyed too. because yeah. <laughs> you're out here trying to get it done, and but we just don't realize the stuff that 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 creates and then it'll like carry on and that's mm-hmm. you know kind of the whole now what does that got to do with the lying and stuff like that i'm not sure yet you gotta you know kind of gotta need to keep peeling back the layers but i really enjoy this group because it's kind of like that's the first time dude i've like actually dealt with that as an adult like yeah i, I didn't remember that i mean i remembered it you know, i never really forgot it but it, it's there and it, it affects things and i think that you know your fear growing up, man. You had a lot of fear. You lived in kind of a battle zone a lot of the times, and it was real. Yeah. Even if it yeah. didn't get your cigarette burns, <laughs> the yeah. fear is real. And, you know, yeah, sure. your overly sensitive mind, highly intelligent though it might be, overly sensitive mind, pussy, um, grew up in that. <laughs> and that's why you drink your troubles away. Well, I feel fixed. No, Thanks, you should. Bud. I don't charge much. So, yeah, I, yes, I think there's a lot to that. And here's something that I have slowly, slowly come to is because I do, I mean, I know I'm a smart guy. I think I'm smarter than I am. And I really think. You're pretty fucking I, smart, dude. <laughs> you yeah. kind of make me look dumb. And yeah, but you don't know, but you don't know how smart, but you don't know how smart I think I am. <laughs> Not as smart as a, I think I am. <laughs> They don't call one me Dr. My... Uh, Soch, do they? <laughs> but one of my faults is that I, I really, I really, really try hard to think my way out of feeling problems. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if I can find the right philosophy, the right cheat code, the right, right th- if I can think my way through this, I'm going to feel better. And I've, I've really have nailed down to, like, I have a feeling problem. I, there, there, I, I'm not good sitting with my emotions and 
and I've got to work on it. And I, I am not making the progress I would like to make on it, which is a big part of why I'm taking a break from alcohol is because it's holding me back. It's, you know, I don't want to numb out and not do this work because I absolutely have to do this work to, I don't know, reach the next level, do, do what I need to do. But it's fucking hard, man. I'm not good at it. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, and, you know, we were just saying that. Uh, it's like, we're, we don't feel like we're, the mess is getting any less. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. we're not cleaning the room up any, but that's not true. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's like you, you talked about the guitar metaphor before. We talked about that on the show. You know, yeah, it's like I love you, that you metaphor. Plateau. You have plateaus, man. You, you right. have times when you're like, oh, my God, I'm so much better. And you have all these times where you're like, oh, my God, why am I wasting my time with this shit? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, why am I wasting my time with this shit? So um, I'm starting to read Green Lights by my, um, my personal, you know, savior. Tell me about it, baby. Tell oh, me about God. it. First and foremost, I don't know if I've made this abundantly clear on this show. And Matthew, if you're listening, I love you, man. I love everything about you, platonic or romantic, however you need it, okay? Um, but Matthew McConaughey is one of my most favorite people in this world, by far. And this book... He's the only... original Brody Sattva, man. I mean... And he's, he's reached levels we're just dreaming of. I mean... I mean and... To deal with the shit that he came from. I mean, in the book it says it. He goes, I was unconscious and was raped by a man uh, when I was 18. I'm like, holy shit. Do what now? <laughs> yeah. And you're just kind of doing bongos naked and everything works out because you've got a work ethic, a work ethic like no other, in a way, great genes like no other. In a way, but mm -hmm. you most definitely you are able to distill out all these possibilities and pick your love and hit it and hit that stride and love that stride. And that that is what makes, I think, a lot of people happy. And, um, and I think that's the main thing. Uh, one of our main things is that we struggle with is that now I don't want to be speaking for you, but I, I don't feel like you or I have, have felt like we're. We're what we're going to be when we grow up, you know? Yeah. Like, we haven't hit our stride. We're, we're not, you know, I, what do you do? Reach, you reach the top of the mountain, and you're like, wow, this, this is it? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so I was asking you, what do you do? And I don't have an answer that mm. makes me happy. Yeah. I have yeah. great coworkers. I love my job as far as a job, but I love my family. They're awesome. Um Oh, yeah. Jack made the uh, golf team, by the way. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Big shot. And, uh, oh, oh, going to try not to cry while I say this because I damn near cried the first time. Um, Amanda said uh, when we found out, <clears throat> she said, um, wow, dude, this is really getting me. <clears throat> she goes, you you did it, bud. You you finally made the golf team. You know, and, and um, man, I did. Because that, that is one of my, like, super, super regrets is yeah. never even trying out for it. And yeah. I would have loved to have been on the high school golf team to yeah. spend seventh period athletics going out on the golf course for two hours every day because my dad did it 
and um, I just hmm. it was always a dream, and all it's it's one of the regrets that will at the end of it, if I can get rid of them, um, mm-hmm. that'll probably be one of the last ones to go. And so, uh, anyway, I made. The I love it, team. man. That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> I had to, I had to, you know, I'm just having to. Man, like, that hit that hit you hard, brother. It does. That's lovely. Still, ooh. Anyway, all right. Now my problems with this book. <clears throat> oh God, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Um, by the way, I heard him on another podcast, and I'm like, yeah. who are these fucking amateurs, and why do they land Matthew McConaughey and we don't? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, that's our. That's the next thing. We're, we're gonna we're gonna try and get him. We're gonna try and get in, uh get 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 a green light here. And uh, there you get, go. Um, I'll take oh, a yellow. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he had he had when he the, the made me laugh out loud. One of the first parts of the book, he said he starts listing off like all like who he is or where he came from, and as a child, just kind of saying like all the stuff that he's not no I'm sorry, throughout his life. He's like, all right, basically, this is who I am. At no point in time does it say anything about being an actor. He goes on to that later. But one part he says, um, uh, for two years I held, I held uh, the record of red cards in U-12 soccer as a, as a goalie. <laughs> I, 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 I damn near died when I heard How that. How is that even like, possible? What was he just running out of the goal and belting fuckers? Yeah. <laughs> You steal the ball from them, and then you shit talk them, and then you get into a fist fight with them. Jack's, Jack's railroaded a couple of dudes. If I had Jack's body back when I was a, a goalie on U12, I'd have done the same thing. I was built like a leaf. Anyway. Yeah, me too. It's funny, though. Jack and I both got into being goalies for the same reason, which is I don't want to run as much as those other guys. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to stay back here, and I get to use my hands. Okay, okay. Don't you wish your kids could get your good traits instead of your shitty ones? <laughs> right? <laughs> mm. So the, the writing is, is great. It's, it's like he's there talking. And, and when he says... That's what I've heard. It's, it's really described as he's just telling stories. Yeah, and he, and t- I, in the interview, he said, he's like, I kind of got an advantage, man. I've been telling these stories for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been told them a million times. Yeah, he's so just up there. Pe- just write yeah. it down like I tell it. Yeah, he's just <laughs> out there peddling pipes. And, and uh, that's what his dad did. It was peddling pipe. And uh, he's over there just kind of poet and didn't know it. And he just, he's, he, he gives you lots of really good little things there, man. But what was your problem with it? You said you started to tell me what your, what your problem My was. My problem with it is it's making me depressed because I'm reading it going, oh, he just, he did it. He just, at every point in his life, I mean, even his failures were epic, and then he turned them into these awesome experiences. Yeah. And now I did stop myself and go, you know, man, I did live in Spain for a summer, and there's some really good stories there I need to mine. And yeah. you know what, dude? I went to honors college for, like, forever, <laughs> at least five years. <laughs> I think you're still in it, technically. Yeah, te- <laughs> technically. That's why they don't ask me for money is because I still show You're up not as in a the student. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Nor am I miss you, baby. Um, we do, but, man. He's, he's our North Star, buddy. Yeah. Uh, what an arrogant, awesome 
dick hole. I oh, love that amazing little crazy man. Uh, yes. Anyway, so that it was. That's kind of my only problem with it is I'm sitting here reading this damn thing and I'm going, Jesus, dude, you just you're just so freaking awesome. Ah. Oh. Yeah. But then. It kind of, you know, I've kind of already gotten past that. So I'm going to go back to it and going to start enjoying it even more. But it's just neat, yeah. man. He's just the way he tells his stories. And I just sit here hear him going, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, man, I was just down there in Australia for a year, man. And they, they had me living with these crazy people, man. I didn't even see the beach or nothing, dude. You didn't get no Australia pussy, nothing, man. I just, you know. <laughs> it's basically, that's how it reads. But he's beautiful wow. with his words, too. I mean, like, he'll sit there yeah. and, like, throw two or three things. And, and, he, and he makes L-I-V-I-N just L-I-V-I-N, man, living. You know, it just, it, it's yeah. a beautiful word. When he's saying it, it's, it's mindfulness. That's what living yeah. is, man. No G. No G. I tell you, that's, I mean, that's part of when I look at my current, my life, I think that's a big part of my problem is I ain't L-I-V-I-N, man. Yeah. I'm just getting by. I'm not, I'm not thriving. I'm surviving. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing necessarily the things I feel like I was put on God's green earth to do. I feel, and I feel like you can look at your life, you know, when you're 40 something, <clears throat> you can look at your life <laughs> and, uh, and, and like with regret and like, oh my God, I've missed all these opportunities. I could have gone so many different directions and be at such a different place. Or you can say like, God damn it, man, the game ain't over. No, it's never too fucking late. Never. And I tell you what, I I uh, I told you I listened to that Anne Lamott interview, mm -hmm. and uh, I I was so goddamn inspired. I came home and dusted off my novel. I've started work. I put about three thousand words onto my novel this week. And see, that's um, and I, and there's no reason I shouldn't be trying to do the stand up thing. You know, there's there's no yeah. reason. I'm I I can do this. I just need to. Dude, just, you should totally do it. Right. I should just do this. So. That's that's the challenge. Okay. You ever listen to Gary V? No. Was he a, uh, one of is he one of Joe Rogan's boys? No, no, I don't think so. So Gary V it was a guy, a New Jersey guy, or maybe Long Island, I don't know, somewhere in the Northeast. He, he and his dad ran a liquor store, mm -hmm. and he started an online marketing campaign for their liquor store, blew it into a multi-million dollar business, and then and then just sort of from there ventured into other things. He does a lot of coaching and talking. He has a podcast called The Gary V Experience, where essentially he just like gets on there and spouts inspiring shit mm -hmm. uh, and talks about his life a little bit. And he was talking about, somebody was talking about, you know, she was doing this and that. And she wasn't really happy with where she was. She's like, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. He's like, stop, stop right there. Stop right there. Stop. I'm so sick of people coming to me and telling me that what they're thinking about doing. Shut the fuck up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it. Do it. Do it. And it's going to be fucking terrible. But the next time it'll be a little bit better. And the next time it'll be a little bit better. And the next time, but you have to do it. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. You need to do it. Get up on a fucking stage, brother. Do it. Get you a tight five. Get you a tight five. Yeah. You should reach out to. Uh, you should reach out to. Um, uh, I should. He he offered. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just there's what what you know what is, what stand you know this inertia that's standing in my way. What is it? It's you should bullshit. do it tonight. There's got to be some fucking redneck comedy club out there on, <laughs> on the Florida line. You could find a five minute set on. <laughs> Pretty sure the wife wouldn't let me do that. She's already like, hey, I'll let you do Dungeons and Dragons this morning and your podcast. Okay, <laughs> mama needs a break. Mama you has need to walk up. on stage. 
you need to walk on stage and just fucking declare war on all the MAGA hat wearers in the crowd. <laughs> I need to pick a fight. You're right. There's this burger joint here in town that, like, every weekend has, like, a goddamn mini Trump rally in it. There's, like, these little stands selling T-shirts and shit. Everybody's got signs talking about how the election's been stolen. And I like the burger joint, but I'm like, I ain't going to that fucking place. No. <laughs> Fuck no. you guys. What no. is wrong? You at least condone this. Like, you're yeah. allowing them to use your property to do this fucking nonsense. I, I've so far resisted the urge to lean out the window and say, get the fuck over it, you fucking losers. <laughs> no shit. I can't. I don't even. We, it's so frustrating. It is. And we just don't need to go down this thing because uh, this is not good practice for our grace of others. It's not. And they yeah. have that pain of you know, their childhood that is stunting them in a way that we can't even imagine. And well, it's my kids everything, <laughs> everything, it takes everything in my freaking power to try and hold on to that, like, one out of every three days. Because the other two, I'm just like, I cannot stand you. You are such, you vote against your self-interest. You yes. spout nothing but hypocrisy and tin hat theories and cause, your correlation and is you're causing. dragging us all down with you. you. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. yeah, this is not a political yeah, so show. Yeah, it is. It is. You're right. We should do a political hour sometime. We'll just like just do a deep fucking dive, man. Just go all in. We'll never get out of it, man. We'll run, we'll run every all all dozen listeners off. Yeah, they'd be like, "This is not what I signed up for." <laughs> I signed up for meditation and dick jokes. That's what I said on the uh... Did you wait words of meditation, dick jokes? Yeah, meditation, <laughs> dick jokes. That's uh, why I signed up for this thing. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right. You feel you feel complete? I feel I feel completed. This I needed this bad. I'm glad it's here. I did too, man. I'm um, glad we did. I I'm love hope, you, man. I love you too, baby. I'm gonna keep on the experiment. You I'm keep gonna on keep doing the work. I'm gonna keep doing the work. I'm not gonna numb out. I'm gonna no. try to lean in. Lean see into where it, it goes. Yeah. Cause uh you're cleaning up the mess a little bit by a little bit. And um you're getting there and I'm getting there too. And uh yeah, it's all gonna be good. And, I want um, you right now to go give my love to your family. I'll do that. And go run naked on the beach. <laughs> you got bail money, right? Well, folks, that's it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. God knows we always do. Don't forget to subscribe so you can continue to follow along on this journey. And please join us. Let's get better together. Or at the very least, 10% less shitty. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and now Clubhouse at True Brody Sattva. That's true, T-R-U. And don't forget to check in at our blog, thebrodysattva.com, to keep up to date on what's going on in our world. As always, this show is written by Enoch Daniel and Sosh Woodbine, and produced by me. And special thanks to Scott Holmes, who wrote our theme music. Until next time, keep working, keep seeking, and keep living that Brody Sattva life. Bye now.